Welcome to IP Frequently. IP Frequently is brought to you by Dominion Harbor Enterprises and is sponsored by IPedia. IPedia, innovation clarity that provides real, actionable patent intelligence. Join our hosts, David Pridham and Brad Sheaf, advancing the issues of intellectual property. We interrupt your regularly scheduled programming for this special news break. From IP Frequently. I am here in the IP Frequently newsroom with my good friend and colleague, David Pridham, as it has been brought to our attention that there has been some jackassery on Bloomberg View. That jackassery brought to you by one Scott Duke Comaners. Duke appears to be his middle name, and that may begin to tell you what the problem is. Like the Duke of Earl. Duke, 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 Duke of... No. We've got important matters to discuss one thing that the Duke wants us to know is that you don't need stronger patents. What do you have to say to that, David? Well, I think um, you have to look at a variety of things, right, including the source. You know, you That's always look at the source. Certainly true. And, of course, this is um, Scott, the Duke commoners, who um, has given us such great headlines in the past as uh, low voter turnout isn't necessarily bad, where he <laughs> argues that people are fucking stupid and the, the shouldn't vote, to uh, another one, which I think is just great, uh, using uh, algorithms for matchmaking to find homes for political refugees. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. important. Those are two of the articles by Scott the Duke Comaners. Yeah. Uh, Scott, whose parents apparently gave him the middle name Duke, again, probably tells you most of what you need to know, is an associate professor at Harvard Business School and the Harvard Department of Economics. That's so, hard to believe, isn't it? Well, no. I mean, given that he's, he's probably a liberal pansy and uh, would certainly seem to be one based on some of his articles here and not only the fact he's an associate. I mean, what does it mean to even be an associate? So he's an associate professor. What does that mean? He's got a degree? I don't even know what that means. It means he has an associate's degree. Uh, but what's interesting is that this is a, a classic example of some somebody writing about something that they know very little about. Sort of, sort of like you writing about the Tour de France. That's correct. I know very little about it. I, I believe it involves bicycles and France. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if someone were allowed to compete in a Vespa? Would they win? Ah, uh, boy. Here's your problem. They tend to ride those bikes quite a distance, and if you didn't have a refueling stop, you probably wouldn't make it the whole way on the Vespa. So you'd have could to you carry. win in a Tesla? You probably could win in a Tesla. That would be something I'd It'd like be to see. More like the Paris to Dakar rally. Something they should like make that. those 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 the big bike race full contact, and then I'd watch. Well, I'll tell you what. In stage four of this year's Tour de France, there was full contact. Broken shoulder blade, shattered finger, oh, ejections wow. from the race. Wow. Yeah. Sounds... Sounds almost remarkable that someone would watch that. To a point. To a point. I hear some people even subscribe to things and pay money. Some people do. View it on their on their 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 machine, their laptop. Some people do. Probably, you know, who I would think would would do that is probably one Scott Duke Commoners. I would imagine the Duke. So I like to refer to him. So anyway, um, we've 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 read a, a bunch of articles by Scott Duke Commoners, and the newest one that just came out has to do with. Uh, his view of patents, and he doesn't. His view is not very high when it comes to the value of patents, and it, it, we thought it would be a good idea to sort of talk to 
some of the things that he raised in his article because he makes many assumptions that are just factually incorrect, uh, ignorant, and it could very well be that um, he is on the uh, he is on the uh, payroll of the um, uh, anti-patent crowd. Yeah. But who or, knows? Yeah, or he's an idiot. Or both, but to your point, he's clearly writing about a topic that he knows nothing about. Let's start. Let's just start with the opening line. There are lots of patents floating around, which is probably not true, that don't represent bona fide inventions. That's that is definitionally false. If if something has been patented, it is by law an invention. But he may be talking about bona fide inventions being those that Scott the Duke Commoners believes are bona fide, in fact. Oh, based on his own personal... So, so when, as, he, as he reviews them, as he reads through them with yeah. his years of experience as an associate professor in the... What the yeah. hell? Where is he? Goodness. Harvard Business School. Good, Good for him. Good for him. Department of Economics. Uh, he feels like these should not be inventions. Uh, he also asserts that the patent... That the office that evaluates patent... It doesn't name that office. We'll name it for him. It's the United States Patent and Trademark Office that that office that evaluates patent applications is overwhelmed and really doesn't have a mechanism to conclusively reject low-quality applications. Well, hey, Duke, you, you, you ever watched, you ever, you ever looked up patent examination? Duke? I mean, look up, look up software patent examination now. What's the, what's the success rate there? About 3%. Yeah, so about 97% get rejected. Hmm. Yeah, and... Um, that seems effective. It seems pretty damn effective. Doesn't seem that overwhelming either. No. It must be expensive to try to get a patent uh, protecting software inventions these days. Very huh? interesting. Yeah. I guess when he doesn't talk about that, no, because he's stupid. But he does say something about you know clever lawyers and uses very general um, descriptions to des describe patented inventions. And then he makes the he has one example of a patent later on in his article, um, and again he doesn't. Uh, clearly doesn't understand patents because he, he seems to think that when you evaluate a patent, you only evaluate the title, right, as opposed to the claims or looking at the specification. You just evaluate the yeah, title. Yeah, why would you, why would you do that? When you're as smart as the Duke is, you can just read the title and know yeah. what the inventions are. But again, why, why, even, why even have an honest debate about it when you can use these you know, sort of hyperbolic rants to go on and on about why something should have computer in a title, for example, right. when someone obviously invented a computer without yeah, looking at great. the Yeah, that's great. Madness. Madness. He, 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 I love his definition of infringement, uh, apparently, although I, I don't know that he ever does define infringement or even use the term infringement in the article. Perhaps he does. But he says, patents give their owners the right to exclude others from commercializing, quote, arguably similar ideas. End quote. No, no, they don't, Duke. You actually have to infringe every element of the asserted claim in a very, very clear manner to be found to be an infringer. It's, it's, not, it's got nothing to do with being arguably similar. Have you ever looked at the applicable law? Well, of course, why would you? You're an economist. You can just make broad, sweeping statements and expect people to take them as fact. Well, also, how, when's the last time an actual patent owner was able to exclude anyone from anything with respect to their inventions in this country? Hadn't been a, it hadn't been a long time. <laughs> been a, been long a long time. time. Been a long time. So that's a joke, and that's just not true. And I think any real academic would know that. So one of two things is happening here. Either the, the, the Duke is um, lying, um, for lack of a better word, 
uh, or uh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. In either case, it's very, 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 yeah. very dangerous. Right. Um, the combination of not knowing what you're talking about and having an agenda it's dangerous. is a problem. It's like the, he's like the Phil Sims of the uh, economic world. <laughs> Maybe he's in a safe space. Maybe he's in a safe space. Playing he, with his Play-Doh. Yeah. But only the very bland colors, nothing too bright. No. It's probably one of those people that got really, really upset when the NFL started with those colorful uniforms on uh, on Sunday nights. Yeah, what do they call those things? There was, they had a name for those. Color Rush? Call it something like Made that. Made people nuts. Though. Yeah. Made yeah. a lot of people nuts. Well, I like I mean, them. Yeah. Did I tell you that I predicted the score of the Super Bowl in advance you did. this year? It's, it's, as a, in fact, it's recorded on tape in the vaults of IP Frequent. Yeah. No one is ever going to doctor that up. Oh. And at the end of this episode, my friends, my, my good friend and colleague here will be predicting in order the results of the Tour de France. I might. France. I just might. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what else we got here from uh, the Duke? Well, he goes on to say, he talks about the American Vents Act and IPRs, which we all know IPRs are a fucking swamp of incestuous behavior, uh, overreaching by the patent office and folks who are connected to individuals who are filing the IPRs. It's an inside game that's fixed. We all know that. Um, we also know that the IPR regime has created um, really, really... Um, destructive business models. Now, I will say, I will say that there are a couple of footnotes at the end of the Duke's column. I don't know if you got to those yet, but you know, one is no offense intended to junk DNA, which has turned out to hold numerous treasures. Um, and then two, it is worth no- noting that there have been a couple of suspected attempts to abuse the IPR system. Oh, just a couple. couple? Hmm. And he cites the Kyle Bass Spangenberg, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, shorting of stock, which we'll have to talk about. You already know our opinion on that. But of course, he leaves out the cottage industry that's been created around of, of folks with no business model other than destroying um, the uh, intellectual property of in, in, inventors, folks who haven't been sued, folks who um, are, are just profiteering off of the incestuous behavior at the patent office to destroy patents. So um, I, I appreciate the fact that he's thought ahead to put these stupid footnotes in, but they really don't support uh, anything that he says up above, all they do is further obfuscate the actual facts, which of course run contrary to his thesis. To, his, to uh, nearly every paragraph in this, I mean, he likes to refer to low quality patents. How about low quality articles being written by associate professors? Here's what he says: low quality patents that actually crowd out innovation can be caught and invalidated. First of all, yeah, why would you have to catch a patent? They're every fast, patent so I've seen, they're fast, is relatively docile. They're quick. They can be quick. Yeah. Um, and so you'd have to catch them and invalidate them, leaving less harmful ones, so not good ones, I mean, you know, just less harmful ones, to sit in the background like so much intellectual junk DNA. You're an ass, Mr. Commoners. Yeah. Okay, well, so you know what, though? For when the you, record. When you click through, because he does have links here, yeah. and you click through to the junk DNA link, you have this, um, you have this link to this... Uh, Quarterly Journal of Economic Study oh, good. from, of course, May 1998. <laughs> but they have many different formulas. And I encourage you, actually, if anyone out there, and I know we have a lot of folks who like to follow through and actually read the source materials. If you can go into this um, Quarterly Journal of Economics article, and I'll read the title to you, although I may need some help with the pronunciation. Um, I mean, there are literally dozens of equations in this thing, which I, I guess I'm not smart enough. Um, let's see. This is by a gentleman named Mart- Martin Weitzman, uh, and it's recombinant growth, and it has 
let's just let's just refer to um, Formula Seventy One. Ooh, I like. Well, that. Look, look at this, Formula Forty Five. Now this is clear. Clearly relates to junk DNA. Absolutely, so, especially when the sequence, the absolute value of AT is non-decreasing. I mean, both you and I have agreed on that. Yeah, I've on got a I'm getting a nosebleed just looking at this thing. Um, but I, I also think that when he goes, so that's just a, a bullshit link to a 1998 article that doesn't 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 mean anything. But that's not that's not surprising. But he, here's here's the one of the best sentences I, and this is what really got me going on this thing, because it's clear this this individual doesn't have a clue what he is talking about. Quote, any patent challenged under IPR goes through a formal review at the Patent Trial and Appeal Board. So, a formal review. So that includes a review of not all the claims, using right. a different standard than is used in, in federal court, having no um, uh, presumption of, uh, of validity, having judges who sit on the Patent Trial um, uh, and Appellate Board, the PTAB, who have worked for a lot of the folks who are trying to institute the IPRs. So it's really a kangaroo court. It's not a thorough review of anything. No, it's absolutely a kangaroo court. And he goes on to say IPRs are expensive. Yeah. They cost tens of thousands of dollars to file, and that's not counting legal fees. So nobody undertakes them lightly. You're an idiot. Have you reviewed any of the petitions that people file? And then he goes on to say you file only if you have a clear reason and if you expect to succeed. As though people generally, hey, in economics, Mr. Commoners, do people generally undertake things they don't intend to succeed at? Is it, am I missing something? Does the average human being walk around saying, well, this will certainly not work. Let me undertake that. You're not adding anything to the intellectual debate, and you've never reviewed the underlying reasoning for petitioners filing IPRs. Never. Well, he does cite the fact that um, the IPR is not, has been far from a death squad. Uh, and it leaves in place the majority of challenge patents, which is just untrue. As we yeah, all know, over 90% are killed. killed. Um, it's, it's a very high kill rate, and the ones that are settled are, are, are really um, uh, also wins for the, for the defense side. So it's, it's, it, and, and when you click through the article on the certain industries having patents that are not uh, impacted by the PTAB after an IPR is filed, it's just the junk science uh, and discredited studies that you've uh, seen many times, many times before. Not not as junky as the Weitzman article from '98, but uh, uh, you know, just as just as um, just as skewed. And it is you know clearly uh, a um, an attempt to try to sidetrack the uh, stronger patent act that's paid for by the infringement lobby. When you actually read the um, uh, link. Uh, you know, at this quote-unquote patent progress site, uh, which is really bought and paid for um, by the pro-infringement lobby. And has been debunked. So Yeah, it has been debunked. Um, so then he, he goes on with the typical narrative about patent trolls. I, I assume he um, has, has really looked into this. He actually came up with his own um, uh, backronym for Stronger, which is really clever. We're not even going to talk about that because that's probably the only thing he got right. Um, but he, he, he completely ignores most of the problem. Uh, and, and, and he also, by the way, cites the billions of dollars patent trolling costs, which is completely untrue. He ignores the fact that you need intellectual property in order to get uh, venture-backed financing. This guy's an economist. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. 
theoretically. I mean, I, I don't know that he is, but he seems to be an associate professor in the Department of Economics. He, he says that uh, Coons just introduced the Stronger Patent Act, capital letters and all. Hey, jackass, most of them have capital letters, which would gut the review process to the benefit of trolls. Yeah. Okay, I don't even know what to say there. How about just patent owners? Can we just stop slinging around ill-defined and unsupported pejoratives and just say that if, in fact, the IPR process is gutted, it will be to the benefit of the economy, Mr. Economist. It will be to the benefit of the economy because patents are a necessary part of our economy. He also, he also sort of contradicts himself here at the beginning. Of course, we already talked about the fact that um, uh, you know, he, he, he points to uh, how patents give the owners the right to exclude, which clearly isn't true, but he uses that as the predicate for the need for the uh, uh, PTAB, which was rolled out in 2011. And then at the end, he starts to wring his hands over the fact that the Stronger Patent Act would actually give uh, the right to injunctive relief back to, um, uh, back to uh, uh, patent owners, which is, uh, and goes back to the eBay versus Merck exchange case, um, which contradicts what he set up above. But of course, as we've talked about in the past, is absolutely necessary in order to actually have a real um, property right granted, which the founders intended, which the Patent Act codified, and which has been in place all the way through that uh, that awful uh, eBay uh, decision of uh, a decade or so ago. Yeah, and he talks about how the somehow the Stronger Patent Act, I guess by virtue of reestablishing injunctive relief, which has been the law since we had a patent system, that somehow that's going to push innovation overseas. Again, do some research. The innovation is being pushed overseas. Our patent system fell to 10th. We're getting our asses handed to us by Europe and China. That, my friend, is innovation going overseas. Not, no one's surmising that. No one's guessing that might happen. That is, in fact, happening. And having injunctive relief is what the patent system is about. It is a right to exclude others from certain activities because you invented it. And it's been documented by the United States government. It's not going to push innovation overseas. Somehow we managed to wander our way through most of our history as a very successful economy with a strong patent system. Now our economy is suffering predictably by weakening the patent system, and yet Associate Professor Duke can't figure that out. Yeah, and he also, it, it's, it's unfortunate that folks sometimes do this, but, um, you know, he... he, he talks about, the, again, the 2006 eBay Merck Exchange opinion um, in which you know, the district court refused to grant an injunction after a jury trial. The federal circuit reversed, and then the Supreme Court stepped in and said no, they, they, they sided with the district court. Um, but that case, unlike the article where the Duke says that uh, that decision made it hard for patent litigants to extract preliminary injunctions that actually related to a post-verdict injunction, a permanent injunction, uh, or an injunction pending some, some sort of a redesign. So, um, it, again, it seems like he's massaging the facts. Again, not surprised with a lot of the academics. I'm using the quotes now, I'm using the quotes, uh, who are out there writing about stuff they don't know anything about. Um, so, uh, obviously, the Stronger Patent Act would uh, reverse what happened in, uh, in eBay and would create an environment where folks could get a permanent injunction after a jury trial um, or after a, a federal court determines that there's infringement um, and there's, a, and there's a, a judgment entered. So 
Uh, again, that doesn't have anything to do with preliminary injunctions. Preliminary injunctions are very rare in patent cases, except in very extreme uh, cases where you have some sort of a competitive um, battlefield. But, uh, but permanent injunctive relief at the end of a trial, after all the facts have been weighed by an actual jury, and I know the Duke doesn't want to hear that, is something that was intended to be put in place in the Patent Act, had been, in the, had been the law for a couple of hundred years, and was changed by Justice Thomas's opinion in the, in the eBay opinion. So again, uh, this is more of this, uh, this hyperbole of trying to create a, uh, a lot of false rhetoric around patent trolls. There are not uh, a bunch of patent trolls or, or uh, illegitimate patent owners out there who are seeking to extract preliminary injunctions that force quick settlements. That's nonsense. That's bullshit. That's never happened. That doesn't happen. You can't do it. Yeah, you have to actually be, by definition, help me understand this, there has to be a, in order to be a patent troll, you can't be producing anything, right? And if you have no product, then you have no foundation for an injunction. Well, that's right. But but, but certainly, even if even if eBay were rolled back, which it should be, there's Correct. no doubt it should, it should be, um, even if eBay were rolled back, that wouldn't create an environment where we would have a bunch of uh, patent trolls getting preliminary injunctions, uh, or NPEs getting preliminary injunctions, or illegitimate patent owners getting preliminary injunctions. It would say that if you go through trial and someone is stealing your product uh, and your patent, and they're infringing on your rights and your patent that you paid a lot more than an IPR cost to secure uh, in terms of patent office fees, legal fees, R&D costs, etc., then, um, you know, then, then you would have the right to exclude, and you should have the right to exclude. Uh, but it's certainly not something about it. it doesn't have anything to do with quick settlements. That's just more of the rhetoric that folks who want to obfuscate the truth are putting out there. But it's completely untrue. And when you go through and click the links, and we'll we'll put this up on the on the on the on the IP Wire site with a responsive blog. But when you go through and click the links, the links are uh, all debunked articles or old articles that um, have no have no credibility and no relationship to what we're trying to. Um, uh, accomplish in the Stronger Patent Act. Agreed. And, you know, once again, I, I find it ironic that you, you've got a post in you know, what is inarguably a liberal blog that actually stands behind enormous business right? and to, to the detriment of the individual. Right? The individual inventor has now had his rights just effectively stamped out by the lobbying efforts of big tech. And you've got uh, apparently the Harvard Business School and Department of Economics behind that, which, again, I just find interesting. But uh, we did want to take uh, some time out from your regularly scheduled programming to bring you this breaking news. And from our RV tour of the Pacific Northwest. On our RV tour of the Pacific Northwest. And for those of you following us on the InstaFace, um, we'll have some more photos up uh, of our uh, hike up almost to the top. Right. Of Mount St. Helens. Of Mount St. Helens. And um, the next stop is uh, further deeper um, into the Pacific Northwest, all the way up to Olympic National Park, where we will be blogging from the ocean. Correct. And we, to this point, have avoided hitting any redwoods. We have also not been able to catch any low-quality patents. They seem to be able to dodge the RV. But if we're looking, we're looking. We're going to grab them. And we're going to send them right to the Duke so that they can be uh, properly handled. And at this point, we will return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Did it, 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 did it.